This is Alex Wojcicki with the Rural Radio Network. Join me every other Thursday for the Angler Entrepreneurship Journey. We hear from entrepreneurs from across the state to learn about their businesses, but more importantly, we learn about their journeys and how they got to where they are today. Interested in entrepreneurship? Join us to learn more about the Angler Agribusiness Entrepreneurship Program at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln every other Thursday at 1219 right here on 880-KRVN. And if you missed the program, you can listen to the podcast at ruralradio.com. Good afternoon. Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Brad Coima is joining us with Coima, Coima and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. Let's take a look at what's happened in this market today. A lot of things happening on the grain side, a lot of things happening on the livestock side. We're going to kick it off, though, with the cattle. And as we look at the cash, cattle, I'm wondering, obviously we're going to talk cash and boxes, but I'm curious, the factors that are happening in the corn market, is that playing any factor in the way we saw these cattle trade today? Uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, thanks. Susan, by the way, for having me on, I, I always enjoy uh, these interviews with you. Um, and what a great call to do it today when we've got kind of a fun deal to talk about for a change, right? Um, the three of the four markets we care about all had nice updates today. Um, there was a little bit of a change to answer your question, though. You know, for the first time in a while, we had some kind of uh, maybe a little bit of a, a, a change in the wind in terms of the cost of gain or the cost of feed or what the corn's worth. Uh, you know, we had about a two-week stretch here where these feeder cattle futures and the cash feeders have been really strong, too, for anybody that's, you know, been paying attention. Um, we had a pretty good down day going on the, on the feeder cattle today, and I think some of that probably reacting to that up in the corn deal today. Uh, and some of it maybe just because we've had such a big rally, so the feeder cattle were a little bit overdue. Now, the way the bear spreads, you know, i got to be careful how I say this because I really don't – corn is not high-priced. Uh, even after an update, for sure. But today, the way the spreads were, that is kind of what you get on a on a on a sharply higher corn day, where you see the front months of the cattle soften and the back months uh, go higher. The idea that you know maybe people would have an urge to sell cattle a little quicker uh, would be you know so they're putting a little more short term supply into the market. But that's probably a stretch. I think the big thing on the cattle, soon is that we just had an eleven dollar rally. Uh, you know, December cattle. I don't know exactly what day the last time we talked but it isn't very long ago that we were down there at 9820 um, the 9th of september and here it is still you know what two and a half weeks later and, and we've now gone all the way to 11075 so we've had a great recovery as you look at this market and, and kind of rewind the clock a little bit to go six weeks ago when we were all abuzz about the fire taking place in Holcomb, Kansas, and how it was going to affect the market. And you made a statement to me before we started the Fontenelle Final Bell was four out of the six weeks since the fire, we've had big kill numbers. We saw another big kill on Saturday. So it seems like we're able to keep up out there in the countryside. I'm not going to lie. I uh, underestimated the industry's ability to kill this many cattle. I, I, um, and yeah, I'm not going to look, I'm not going to kid either that I, I, I still think that we've got a ways to go. You know, it appears like the whole complaint is not going to be operational again until the end of December. It's anybody's guess, but that's what we're kind of hearing. Um, but yeah, you know, last week I was watching along and, and, you know, we've had basically the week of Labor Day and then the week before that we had a big shortfall in the slaughter uh, as compared to a year ago. But the rest of the time we've stayed right with it, even a couple of weeks, been more than a year ago. Last week it looked like we were going to have a shortfall, but we killed a huge Saturday, 15,000 more than a year ago to end up with 648, exactly the same number as the previous year. So, you know, just to, just to look at it, you'd say, well, 
it appears like we're getting the cattle killed in a pretty timely fashion. And I would say, well, not only does it appear, I can give you a few more uh, uh, examples of, of, of how we're probably okay here, and that would be choice select spread record-wide this time of year. You know, anybody that feeds cattle knows in order to get cattle to grade, got to get them days on feed right they got to have the groceries so uh you know either we've got extraordinary choice demand which we do have very 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 good choice demand don't kid yourself part of that equation still also is the fact that you don't have an abundance of choice in the mix because these cattle are current the other thing would be the average weights of course those are kind of those come out um and they come out every thursday they're two weeks old by the time you get them which torques me off but anyway that's what it is um the the uh, uh, average weights, while they are uptrending, like they always do this time of year, they are still below a year ago. So, you know, uh, so far we've done a great job of merchandising cattle, staying current. I said, I, I think that one of the big things is, is that when we had the fire, we hit that, we hit that mark, and we were super current, thankfully, because that really helped us. You know, carry through this deal up until this point. So, are we going to continue to be able to stay current? And are we looking at producers that are kind of put their foot down to say, hey, we need a profit? Well, therein is the question of the day. Um, it felt to me like about three weeks ago, the producer, and I don't blame him, I'm a producer too. I think anybody that listens to us knows that I feed cattle along with being a broker forever. Um I think that there was a point where that producer said, I'm losing 250 bucks a head, and the packer's making 500 bucks a head. Whatever. That's it. Uh, feeder cattle are too high to buy. Feed's cheap, relatively, anyway. Uh, you know what? I must, and, and, and then we got a little higher three weeks ago. And that holding action, I think, encouraged us to be a little more strident in our efforts to say, you know what, I don't have to just give these cattle away, although the guys in the South make a living giving cattle away. Um, uh, but now we've had three weeks where being just a little tougher here has been rewarded. So I, I, I think that that's part of it. Now, um, I hope this isn't the holding action rally and, and the, you know, my whole long paragraph before this talking about choice select spread and average weight would not indicate that. But, of course, those are the two things that I watch Right now, fundamentally, those are the most important fundamentals, I believe. You know, try to monitor whether we're staying current or not. This is still a, a huge challenge. You know, we've got another October, November, December. That's 90 days where we got to still every time make sure we're making up for this shortfall of kill. So uh, after the kind of rally that we've had, we've rallied the markets back to almost, well, some of the months are exactly the same price they were the day of the fire. So it feels like, okay, we got taken on advantage of maybe. Now we're back to where it was. Now what? Um, so I, I would be cautious about getting all bowled up after an $11 rally. I think the next move is a correction to the downside, maybe a 2 $3 correction. All right, well, stick around, folks. We're going to be back to talk more about what's happening in the livestock, look at these hogs and pigs, and, of course, what's going on in this grain complex. It's an interesting one. More is coming up. It's a Monday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. KRVN was founded on the need for great weather reporting, so we keep our eye on the sky to bring you up-to-the-minute developments presented by Skeeter Barnes, the best beef and barbecue around, with locations in Kearney and Columbus, and by American Family Insurance, serving Lexington and Kearney. When weather becomes a threat, you need a fast response, and you get it on air, social media, on our app, and on time. Keep it right here for weather, the Rural Radio Storm Center, and 880 KRVN. 
Welcome back to the Final Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Brad Coima joins us for part two as we dive into what's been going on in this hogs and pigs. You said some of the best we've seen in a while and a move to the higher. The hog market, to me, it was, I think most of our listeners probably are too young to remember pork bellies. I'm not. I can show you the scar, in fact, of trying to trade pork <laughs> bellies. Um, but someday, some ways, the hog market of today uh, is a little reminiscent. Um, so I, I want the hogs to go higher, believe me, in the worst way for these hog producers. They certainly um, uh, can use it. Um, but here, if, if you looked at normal basis December, typically December seasonal lows for hogs, typically December futures are trading at a discount to cash. In fact, what would be the typical basis the end of September, Brad, you might ask? I'd say, well, three to five under, three to five under. Okay, so cash hogs are what, 49 so that would mean that December hogs should be, what, about 46. Uh, and then we had a bearish pig crop report on Friday. Uh, and so what did we do? Well, we went up $2.75 to close at seventy-two sixty. a thing of beauty. Um, you know, clearly, I think the trade is saying, you know what, we know we got a lot of hogs. We're not worried so much about supply. We know there's a huge supply. But what we are confident in is that we're getting a more of a, a money-where-your-mouth-is trade participant uh, from China, and they are buying some stuff, and particularly they're buying some pork. Um, and uh, so I think you've got you know a, a market that's trading on demand optimism. It's not without some worry, of course, Susan. But I thought today was amazing day. As bad as the supply side fundamentals were, that we were this this strong today is amazing. Well, I hate to always say you know this report that comes out at eleven o'clock um, just adds a little fuel to the fire for you guys. But as we switch to the the grain side, let's get your take on what you're seeing on the corn and as no surprise we see an increase in feed usage well that's that's what after you uh sift through all the munitia um grain stocks reports are, are, are frustrating and difficult because they're not you know they're not as easily read or specific as the crop production number where that's a acres times yield thing um yes but to summarize i could go on and on about the frustration of of, of the way this is but to summarize um, I think that they're going to have to, uh, uh, it looks to, to, based on this report, an increase of roughly 300, 330 million bushels of feed usage. That's the way the U.S., that's the way the USDA adjusts when the carryout and the actuals aren't exactly coming out. That's one way to do it. Uh, I, I think it's very realistic. I mean, my goodness, we've been looking at a, a trend here where, where the, where the, 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 the feed usage has been basically unchanged for a couple of years or even a little less. Well, we got record number of cattle on feed. We got a record number of hogs on feed. We just went through the worst winter in the history of freaking cattle feeding, probably. You know, you're fed more. And now you got the ethanol in the balance too with the lack, you know, less distillers means more corn you got to feed. So I'm like going like, well, finally, no kidding. Maybe, maybe they're closer to right. So that, that's helpful. So now what you've done is you've taken a carry out from a burdensome number of 2.4 to a number of 2.1, which is by no means a shortage, Susan. But what if harvested acres are less? What if yields a couple bushels less? All of a sudden, then you take this thing down to a number in that, say, 1716 range, if it would get there, where now things are snug, and now the market probably deserves to be no more like a four and a quarter to 450 instead of this three and a quarter to 350. So, finding a nice report today for the home team, um, you know, from a producer standpoint, really, really glad to see it for their sake. Uh, the bean number, by the way, uh, is, um, let me try to keep a straight face while I, while I give you that, but the, the carryout on the beans was a little less too because, 
they figured out that last year's crop was a bushel an acre less last year's um so there you go now now i feel better about that don't you oh very much so now we look at what's going to happen now get these combines rolling get them try not to smile get them going in earnest does that come in for some clarification because there's so many what-ifs out there i noticed just traveling to north dakota this weekend the crops are not as beautiful as the usda says they are in the parts of south dakota and north dakota i saw well uh i i would say they don't pass the eye test for me either um uh, you know, as a broker, you, 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 you try to stay on top of this deal. Uh, you know, I, I, I talk to a number of different places all through the Corn Belt on Monday mornings. Um, you know, large, I, I don't know. I hesitate to go on the radio and say, well, this is a, this is absolutely, you know, what I'm hearing because you can hear what you, what you want to hear. Yes, there's a few places where they escaped this spring problem and the very first stuff they're harvesting was the first stuff they planted which they were fortunate to get in on time so yeah there's some instances where this crop is very good um uh, now is that going to carry the day in my estimation by the end of the day when we get to the end of harvest and we're still trying to figure out what do we do with this 32 percent corn that didn't make it or, or maybe even the bean crop that doesn't make it you know all the way to harvest and if we are, but also to me, one of the things that needs to really be reconciled after, after the last crop report was the notion that you're going to harvest a larger percentage of what we planted than we did the last two years. All right. Sounds good. What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Brad? If you want to call us, it's 800-358-3047. And thanks. And that's a Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Don't forget, you can also find this as a podcast where you get your podcasts right here on the Rural Radio Network.